Hour two overdrive continues. TSN 1050 on the TSN app. Your home smart speaker up on TSN 4. Brian Hayes, the O-Dog, Jeff O'Neill, Frankie Corrado. Did you change? Why would you notice something? <laughs> because you were wearing something different in the last hour. I didn't like it, okay? I don't know why you would sewer me and bring that up. It's not a sewering. It's that we're in the studio and you're at home and I'm looking up and... Like the overdrive sign was up. Yeah, I know, but it's got to be one of those things. You know this that it's just not brought up. Okay, it's a is text. It, my bad. Sorry, I should <laughs> not have brought that text. up. It's a like, text. It's a text. Is that a something? different top? I think you need to text me. Hey, I made a trade. Don't mention no, it. You got no. You need to text, not I me. I can't believe you did that. That was supposed to be one of those things. Like there was this guy in New Zealand. <laughs> he tried to trick his. He was pissed off because somebody made a smart comment about one of his female colleagues. So he wore the same tie and jacket for a year straight, and no one noticed. Really? No one noticed. Well, and I just changed in one commercial, and you noticed? I, dude, you went from light to dark. I got the new haircut. You picked up on that, right? I traded in a new new salad. I had no problem with you bringing up that trade. It's got to be a text. I should have sent you a text. But it's got to be a text. I think you send me a text, say, hey, heads up. But anyway, it doesn't matter because there's so much else going on. No one cares about my hair, what you're wearing. The Leafs are making moves. All right. So about an hour ago, Rasmus Sandin was traded to Washington for Eric Gustafson and Boston's first-round pick. Now, Gustafson, if you're not aware of this, is putting up big numbers. He's got seven goals, 31 assists. He had a hat-trick against the Leafs, Those, didn't he? First, exactly. First three goals of the season, oh, against the Leafs. We're against the Leafs. Trick. He's got, got him traded. 38 points in 61 games. That's that's a pretty good clip for oh, yeah. a defenseman. And he's a, he's a veteran defenseman. You right, might recall him from Montreal when they went on that run back in the bubble. Chicago twice, I think. Yes, was in Chicago twice, was in Philly, was in Calgary for a short period. Anyway, a, a veteran defenseman, Swedish defenseman. The Swedes are coming and going today. So that was the first move. Sandine out, Gustafsson in with the first rounder courtesy of Boston. Then Pierre Engvall gets flipped, a Swede, on his way to the Islanders for a third-rounder. And then the Leafs flip that third-rounder or another third-rounder. We're still waiting on details to bring Luke Shen into Toronto. So Sandine and Engvall out, Gustafson and Shen in. Yeah. That's on top of Lafferty, McCabe, O'Reilly, and Achari. These are, these, this is a, a, not an overhaul but this is significant renovation. It is. It's a massive reno. By Kyle Dubas for a team that is on pace for 110 points and was expected to do some damage here's, anyway. Here's the new analogy. You know when you see a house and you say the bones are good, but then you just gut everything else, the electrical, the insulation. Basically, the wood was still standing and everything else is now new well, around it. I think that's appropriate. And I think even when the dust settles here, and we'll talk about all these individual players and what's, what's going to come of it, it's still the big boys that need to be rock stars. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. But you bring in a bunch of guys, and I, I really don't know a ton about Gustafson other than he's a skilled defenseman. But we talk about the core guys, and they have to hate losing, and they gotta they gotta want to win really bad. But when your other pieces, like Frank just talked about, when you're picking around the outside, they gotta care too. Like you gotta have character guys, and if you got a bunch of guys on the outside, your death guys that are just like, well, you know, we didn't win this year. We'll go back home and go to the cottage. It's like you got to have a group of guys 
like building a team. It's, it's ownership. Oh, yeah, it's, it's ownership. ownership. Like, and it's like, just such a weird like organism. Right. Like it's a living, breathing organism, and it's just got to work. Like all the parts have to work. The way the guys get along, the way they go out and play together, the way they care about winning, the way they care about each other, it's got to be the right mix. And we're going to see in a in, in a couple months if this is the right mix well, for these guys. They for have, sure. They have twenty two games left. Is that should be enough time? And to right, to, right. to bring everyone. Oh together. yeah. And and to your point, oh sometimes if you're a depth guy and you've been in a situation a little longer maybe it gets stale maybe you think you should have been playing a little higher a little more ice time you've kind of seen, seen things happen around you come and go you feel like you don't have as much ownership of that situation but to your point you bring in these guys and it's like now they've been brought in for a singular purpose and that purpose is just winning so whatever role you're given here now it's like that's it that's your job that's all you focus on well you look at Luke Shen who feels like he's 45 years old he's only 33 because when he came to Toronto he was 18 they asked him to do way too much he showed up he hit he fought and then eventually he slowed down and the team wasn't very good and he took heat for that I think unfairly because he was a young guy that was asked to do too much since then he's moved on and what he has done in recent years is he he plays tough he's tough as nails he can hit he can fight he slowed his game down which i think is is a is a benefit come playoff time like guys with size guys who can play tough guys who eat up ice there's 100 years of data on this 100 years we forget about it every single year and think well you can play small you can play with speed you can play with skill you need toughness you have to have it it's a and slam dunk. Dubas is slam dunk. Obviously realized that. Yeah, and Frankie, just to touch on one more point. Sometimes you got guys, and I'm not saying this is true to be to be true about Pierre Engvall, but maybe sometimes when the playoffs come around, you'd be like, "Well, this is on Matthews and Marner." No, nope. that's and the ownership right there. I'm just saying, yeah. like maybe some guys. And I'm not saying this is in this instance. Yes. But some guys might be like, those guys better play good because we win and lose with those guys, as opposed to bringing someone else in saying, I'm here to help win. And it's a big difference to saying, oh, it's on those guys. So that's a bit of a different mentality. mentality. We got MJ here. Let's bring in Mike Johnson, our TSN hockey analyst, joining us here on the Maple Toyota Hotline. It's been a wild, I mean, 12, 13 days really in Toronto, Johnny, but in, in the last hour and a half, Sandine is out, Engvall is out, Eric Gustafson, Luke Shen coming in, and the first rounder from Boston. What do you make of these moves by Kyle Dubas? Well, head spinning, um, trying to keep up with everything. And I, I mean, I almost wanted to call in. I was listening to you guys earlier, and I almost had to call in and like Gustafson deal. He's not done. Like it felt like like something else is happening because mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of pieces. And I, I think oh, I think what you just said was was actually quite astute, amazingly enough. I agree with you. Like, <laughs> I, I, I think the idea, uh, and not that it's a gang ball, and you and I, Brian, had this gang ball conversation last week, I think. Yep. But, like, some guys, like, you know, I, I'm, we're going to sink or swim. It doesn't matter what I do, right? And you kind of get a pass on that. Whereas other guys, like, yeah, it's not as important what Sam Lafferty does, if Sam Lafferty's one of these guys, but he can help a little bit, and he takes that on as opposed to, like, you know, I'm, I'm just long for the ride kind of thing. I think... There is something to what O just talked about and the way he put that. And I think Kyle Dubas maybe recognized some of that um, and trying to change the mix of this team. So many thoughts, though. They've changed now. Now, am I, am I count right? Six skaters of the 20 they carry? So 30% or you know, a third of all, eight, all six of them play? Like a third of your roster you're turning over. But 
not the core guys. The team is going to be driven how they play, the personality they have, but maybe it can be helped along a little bit by these guys. That's a lot of turnover for a very good team, mm-hmm. a top-five team in the league um, heading into the playoffs. So tells you how that Kyle Dubas believed that the team, as it was constructed, the 110-point team, he did not think they were – they gave a good enough chance to win the playoffs, as is, which is telling. Like, I think he acknowledged, like, they had to be a bit different, and they are – quite a bit different. Even if the, the main players are the same, um, there's a different personality to this team now, different temperament, different energy about the way that they're going to play, and uh, we'll see if it's successful, but after going four or five years with a kind of similar vibe, you understand why Kyle Dubas would want to change it this year. Well, Johnny, with that in mind, if you're Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares, mm-hmm. do you take this as... Is is it? It's not insulting, but is it a well, criticism? Is it an indictment yeah. on them at all, or or how do you? What do you make of all these peripheral players changing ultimately to benefit what those guys could not get done in the past? I think it's and it's acknowledgement that they didn't get it done, which is just fact, right? Like that's you know they they know that, and, and I think that um, if anything, the fact that the core pieces are still here, they're still the same. If you're one of those guys, it's another affirmation from Kyle Dubas that he believes in what they are, and he's trying to support those guys. So I wouldn't take it as an indictment, although, you know, it's a reminder of your past uh, shortcomings. But I would take it as, like, listen, he believes that we can lead a group. We just haven't found the right group around us to get it done, um, and so he's trying to find that right now. Uh, so, so we'll see. And the other part of this, guys, is that, with all this money shopping around, and I, I've been listening to you and getting ready to drive into work, and I haven't checked all the dollar figures, but they did need to clear out money to activate Matt Murray. And I don't know if they've done enough of that just yet, but that is another part of this equation. They had to like move pieces around if they wanted to activate Matt Murray. Johnny, if you talk to anyone later on today, can you please say that I said that little blur before you came in and don't steal it? <laughs> I could never say it quite as well as you. So much like last game when in the intermission, I acknowledged how how, how wise you were. Oh, you know what? Um, I actually owe you. I owe you, yeah. so you can have it as your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's okay. I got enough material on my own. I don't need to steal yours. <laughs> all right, <laughs> all good. Go ahead, Frankie. We're chatting with uh, Mike Johnson, our TSN hockey analyst. Well, Johnny, like being from the area, I'm sure you have many group chats with many friends who are avid Leaf fans and followers of the team. So every once in a while, something happens, and you start getting the mm-hmm. hot takes. And if I'm taking the temperament of my group chat, it's like, well, you know, maybe you can't win if Morgan Riley's your number one defenseman. Maybe I don't agree with that per se, but do you think that the additions on the blue line now with McCabe and Shen just add a little more insulation where you say, okay, we don't need Morgan Riley to be Kale McCarr or Victor Hedman, mm. but there's more pieces around that may help that. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at, if you count Connor Timmons, I think they have nine defensemen right now. Uh, floating around their roster. so, um, But I think Sheldon Keith can sculpt his personnel and his pairings to offer maximum effectiveness depending on the situation, the opponent, the venue, whatever it might be. It gives them more options. At the end of the day, Morgan Riley is going to be the highest paid guy. Um, you know, the guy they count on to do an awful lot. He might play more than just about anyone else, but uh, you'll be asking him to take on different things. Like Morgan Riley, if I look at their roster now, 
if they're at home, he'll almost never play against the other team's good players. Right? I mean, I don't know who he plays with. If it's, if it's Brody, then he might, because Brody will. But if you have Shen there, and you have McCabe there, and you have Giordano and Lilgren there, I think they put all those guys out against the other team's top players probably ahead of Morgan Riley right now, depending on who Morgan Riley's playing with. So I, I think maybe you get everyone, including Mo, in a spot where they can do what they do best and try to minimize what they don't do best uh, because there are so many different skill sets and personalities now available at the back end. Even with these moves, and if you're just tuning in, the Leafs have been very active in the last hour and a half. Eric Gustafson is in. Luke Shen is now a Maple Leaf again. Pierre Engvall, Rasmus Sandin out, and picks going both ways. But what makes these deals different than the previous deals is we're talking active players on the roster, right? The O'Reilly mm-hmm. deal wasn't active players. The McCabe deal wasn't an active player. I guess Joey Anderson, but he wasn't going to factor in. This is Sandine and Engvall. These were more or less everyday guys who are now out. Um, Luke Shen and Gustafson, do, do they play? And if so, like who is currently here? Is it Hall? Is it Lilligren? Is it both? Who's looking around right now wondering where they fit in if Gustafson and Shen are actually going to be top six guys? Okay, so here's how I look at it, Hayes. Gustafson is Sandine. Left shot guy, offensive-minded, might play some of the time, might not play some of the time. I think that would have been Sandine's role if everyone was healthy into the playoffs. I think Gustafson's the same guy, except he's probably better offensively. And if you look into his numbers, and I've done this in the last few weeks, surprisingly effective defensively this year, guys. He's not just kind of an empty calorie, get your points, but he's going to kill you going the other way. He's actually been in Washington a pretty good defensive team, as is Toronto, decent defensively. But I think he serves what Sandine serves. So whatever that role would have been, he'll fill it. Luke Shen, I think it's, it's, it's Hall or Shen, one of the two. I think Lilligren absolutely deserves to play ahead of either of those two just said. So I think Lilligren's in and Brody's in on the right side. And I think whether Justin Hall gets a start or, or Luke Shen gets the start or uh, how they want to rotate it, if you're Justin Hall, you're like, okay, we got a lot of guys. Where do I fit? He would be the guy that would you'd be having that conversation about with Luke Shen. Yeah, Shen, Shen is interesting because he's been playing with good players, right? Like he's playing a lot with Quinn yeah. Hughes. Playing a lot with Quinn yeah. Hughes. He's leading the league in hits. He's tough. He can fight, but he's he's a pure third pair guy, right? Like right. On, on this team, you want him on the third pair. I just yesterday when we had this chat, Johnny, we all conceded the three of us. Rot, oh, here we go again. Just like CJ yesterday, we got another guy. What's the sensor? What sensor is that for? I can't turn it off. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm trying to change lanes. I can't turn it off. It's, I'm trying to like dumb it down. Okay, it's all good. good. It's all good. I'm we're good. fine. We'll get through this. We've got. We're we're well versed. We're good. Yeah. Everyone yeah. that works at TSN drives a spaceship. A go kart. A go kart slash spaceship. <laughs> anyway, we conceded. Riley, Brody, McCabe, Giordano. Those are your top. Those are your best four defensemen. Those four need to play. And those probably should be the guys who eat up the most minutes. Do you think? I'm put, do you agree I'm with Lilligren that? In there. You would put Lilligren in, instead of who? Who would you take out of those four? No, I'm like I'm giving just five. as your fifth. Me, okay, I'm saying there's five guys. There's five guys that are locked in. Okay, and, yeah, and and then you you can have any kind of conversation, any number of pairings. But I think Lilligren has played well enough, and he offers something different. And he's a right shot guy, which now Shannon Hall both are. Brody can play on the right as well, so maybe not quite as imperative. But I just. I like the way he plays. I think I want him in my lineup in the playoffs. So I think he's the fifth guy, and then 
whatever you want to do with the six, we can have that conversation. I'm wide open. Well, there's a ton of news coming in here. Chris Johnston tweeting out, and now it's been confirmed that Jonas Corposalo is unavailable to play in Columbus tonight for trade-related reasons. So Corposalo is going to get flipped. Do you... I mean, there's there's no reason to believe Dubas is not looking at everything right now. And this, oh yeah, he has got the spaceship looking at everything. Yes, he's got the all twenty two tape, right? He's checking out every possible angle on the field. Can you make sense of of him calling on a goalie now? Is that something you could see Dubas and the Leafs doing? I don't know. I, we've had this guy. I don't know. I, know. I mean, it seems it seems like gratuitous. But what the heck? We got nine defensemen right now in the league. It's, like, it's getting a little gratuitous. So, yes. um, I, I would think that LA would be more motivated than Toronto. I think there's other teams that would seemingly need that more than Toronto. Again, without knowing Matt Murray's health situation. If Matt Murray is still a question mark, then yes. If they if he's out there on the West Coast practicing, saying, "Ah, it's kind of not feeling great," then then sure, 100 percent, he's exploring these ideas and. Corpusalo, I think he makes like only one seven. Mm-hmm. So if you can get someone to eat half of his contract, he's he's a minimum player. He basically makes what Justin Wall makes. So um, yeah, I, I think uh, Joseph Wall. That, that is, uh, yeah, I think uh, I, I doubt it, but I don't know, man. It's happening fast and furious right now, and there is a limit to how many guys you can carry. Well, right? no like, kidding, exactly. And yeah, contracts, contracts, right? Like the, the the other thing, Johnny. Like even if Matt Murray is healthy. That is still a question mark. The fact that he would be healthy at a period in time, I still wouldn't trust that. So if you've come this far and you've done the grunt work that you've done here now, up front and on the back end, don't you kind of owe it to yourself as a GM to say, I'm going to see this through all the way to the crease now? If you can, get someone better. I mean, I don't know how good Corpus Corpus has been pretty good this year, no doubt. He's been Mm. solid. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they tried it with David Riddick, didn't they try it with him? Uh, with yes, they did. They, they paid a third rounder for him. Well, that's why never I'm thinking, though, but that's why I'm thinking, like, someone a little more substantial, Johnny, right? Like, not a Dave Riddick, not Michael Hutchinson. Like, why leave one more question mark on the board when you've done all this work so far? Except David Riddick had played in an All-Star game, I think, at some point, too, right? So, yeah. Like, you know, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can, like, smoke if you got him. Like, don't stop now. Right in, in, in poker parlance, you're all in. Yes. You're pot committed. You've got enough of your money in there. You might as well put it all. So if there's something else, anything else, provided it doesn't cost anything ridiculous, um, then yeah, they're going to explore it. And I do say this. I'll say it again. Like you know, I don't know who's going. I'm trying to think of the lines now. If they're going to load up the top six, there's no Engvall now. So is that that Camps and Lafferty and Kerfoot? Yeah, Yarn Croak. I mean, I, I would or, think. I'm sorry, yeah, Yarn Croak, Kerfoot, and Camp, and Lafferty, Aston Reese, and Achari. I guess that would be it, right? Yarn Croak's guy missed out there. So, you know, and I wonder if the guy they've been trying to keep their hands on, Matthew Nyes, is, you know, the, the wild card in it, too. Like, instead of taking a flyer on Andreas Athanasiu, you're taking a flyer on Matty Nyes. Yep. And yeah. maybe he comes in and looks good the last eight games and, and, and can, can help you and could be a third-line player for you in that role instead of Kerfoot or I whatever. like the idea instead of going out to get that player you just mentioned, Johnny. Yeah, yeah, and, and he also brings, like, I've seen him play enough. I don't know about playoff physicality. He's a big physical dude. So, like, you know, he brings a different element, too. 
a lot of this element that they've been acquiring as of late. So I wonder if that's part of the long-term plan instead of chasing another forward. They got a forward coming whenever they get knocked out in there. It's like three more weeks maybe, four more weeks in the if they go all the way to the NCAA Finals, um, and then he would be available. So that's another part of the equation, I would imagine. Yeah, there is a lot going on in the NHL right now. Again, the Leafs are, are making moves. Uh, Luke Shen is a Maple Leaf again. Sheldon Keefe is speaking with the media and saying that Dubas has spoke with Shen, and Shen is extremely excited to be coming back home, which is pretty incredible. He was pretty cool, fifth man. overall pick. He was he was beloved here when he first got here, and he's he's coming back to Toronto and he's going to face a team he's very familiar with in Tampa in the first round. And I'm I'm curious, like with all these moves the Leafs are making, and, and these are more like Shen's a third pairing guy, Gustafson's a guy that's in and out of the lineup. But does Boston react? Does Tampa react? What like everyone seems to be making moves in the East? How much crazier do you think it could get? Like Patrick Kane is going to be a Ranger. We've known that for quite some time, but he likely makes his debut tomorrow night. Yeah, I mean. Again, there's only so much teams can do because there's only so much money they can acquire. Right. Uh, Boston probably doesn't do too much. Tampa, they've spent a boatload to get Tanner Janot. I, I don't know what else they're going to do down there. So, I, yeah, I mean, the, the other teams are certainly taking notice, but I don't know if it's a reactionary, well, look what they did. We better go do something right away and go get Gavrikov or go get Scott Mayfield or whoever. Um, you know, I just I, I don't know if that's what happens. There's already been a mass migration from the Western Conference to the Eastern Conference best teams. Like, it's ridiculous how good these six teams are, and only one's going to get to the final out of all six. So, um, you know, there'll be five teams that will think that they're Stanley Cup worthy, will have invested and been uber aggressive in trying to give their teams the best chance to win, and two of them are going to get pumped in the first round, mm-hmm. two of them are going to get dumped out in the second round. Like, it's just, it's really... It's really wild, like how how good those how good those teams are, um, and they're not going to be able to be successful. Johnny, how 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 pimping do you think the the welcome to New York, Patty Kane gets? There's obviously a couple teams that have set themselves apart as far as class and how they do things. Toronto being one, Rangers also being another. Like when you're going to get, get Patty Kane. How cool do you think that vibe would be getting him from the airport? Well, I mean, it's no. Did you see Nino Niederreiter? Respectfully to the Jets, like he won't be getting picked up in a pickup truck in minus forty. It'll be a truck limousine, <laughs> a private jet. Um, like it's going to be a different kind of vibe. Yep. So as it should be, and it, we should not be surprised by that at all. Uh, and that's all fine. I, a lot of people like driving pickup trucks. Me not being one of them, but. Um, yeah, it's going to be a little bit different. It's going to be a little bit different. And, like, the marquee, like MSG, like that famous marquee out on whatever whatever Fifth Avenue, whatever that street is. Um, you know, Showtime wants primetime. He wants the biggest, brightest lights in the league. And in America, that's MSG, that's the Rangers. And he's going back to a really good team. I don't, like, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. It's awesome. I'm happy for him. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how much better he makes them. I don't. Well, that's me. Well, what about okay? So we've been talking about vibes and sniffing things out here all day, Johnny. What's the vibe going to be like when Panarin and Kane get back on the ice together? Like, isn't that going to be like rekindling a little bit of a love connection between those two? Yeah, exactly. Except they won't. Neither one can skate like they could five years ago. 
Like that's that that's you mm-hmm. know what I mean. Like that they're gonna love that's it. True. They're, br- they're brilliant offensive players, and so maybe that skill and that intelligence, because they're both still really good, will take them a long way. Um, and I can see them, you know, hearing this and rolling their eyes and start whipping cross team passes for one timers like they did back in the Blackhawk days. But you know, Panarin's not as good as he wants. He's good. He's very good. But like he was one of the best players in the league four years ago when he got to New York. He's not quite that anymore. Kane is not quite that either. Kane's not a good defensive player. Like he needs a lot of support around him. Adam Fox can provide a lot of that. So maybe they have enough there to to support and to help those guys be their very best. But they're not dominant on their own anymore. They used to be, and they'll be so happy to see each other, and I bet there'll be a spark and a twinkle in their eyes and a pep in their step. But I don't know, come like, you know, week three of the playoffs, when someone's reefing on their back for the 78th time, like, it, it, it's, I don't think it's going to be the Globetrotters out there. It's going to be a grind. Uh, Dreg's reporting that uh, Edmonton is is really cooking on some some possible deals. They were talking on Chikrin, maybe on Gavrikov, and it, it sounds like Ekholm is available in Nashville, and that might be a deal they look at. Even Pareko in St. Louis, of those names, it kind of feels like Edmonton's got to get one of them, doesn't yeah. it, Johnny? Like you got to get someone at this point. You got to help. You got to help these guys out. The West is wide open. Like Edmonton should be salivating a little bit, thinking we got a shot here. And why not go out and acquire somebody of significance? Yes. Yes to all of it. Now, I just wonder if there weren't, like, Chikrin's the best player of the bunch, uh, and it will age the best of the bunch. I just wonder if the, 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 the acquiring cost to get Chikrin is so high that you say, listen, it's going to cost us not much to get Ekholm. Well, they can eat some of his salary, and we'll just take that guy, even though he's not quite as good or as young and as uh, as Chikrin won't age quite as well, but the cost, I, I don't know what the cost is for Chikrin. It must be exorbitant. The fact that he's been out there for a year and a half and no one's been willing <laughs> it better to pay be. it. It's because he's hurt, Johnny. No one wants to pay that price for a guy that they're worried he's going to be hurt afterwards. I guess, but he's played this year. He's been really good. No, so, there's no doubt he's a good player. It's more like the, the health. I guess, I guess. I mean, that's a concern. It's a concern, and maybe that's why it's been a slow-moving market, but um, they got to do something. And I think they've been super quiet. The Kings have been, you know, pretty quiet for a team that's right there as well. And I wonder, this is like, reading kind of the tea leaves and people speculating, apparently Vancouver, Luke Shen might not be the only guy. Maybe a JT Miller deal Oof. percolating, too, to Pittsburgh, of all places. Why not? And he's from around the area. Maybe, like, you get, like, a Marcus Pedersen or some, like, defenseman going back the other way or something. I don't know, but... Uh, that would be something if Vancouver could extricate themselves out of that deal as well right after they signed it. Well, listen, we, we've been we've been pining for these type of moves. We've been yeah. screaming for it forever. And now that we're experiencing it, this is why. And the NHL, you can't, you can't dictate what GMs are going to do. You can't mandate that they make moves. You, you, you can't determine how anything's ever going to play out. But this is simply good for business. Like Great. the fact that, A, you have rumors, but, B, you've actually got moves – and I don't know where it started. I don't know why this is so different. But we're talking massive names, Johnny. Like, you just mentioned J.T. Miller. I wouldn't be surprised at all if he got flipped. No. no. At all if he got flipped. Right? I mean, it's. I'm almost expecting that he will. Brock Besser, same thing. Why not? Throw him on the list. Who yeah. else is out there? I don't know. Maybe Philip Forsberg yeah. gets flipped. I don't know. Like, it seems like <laughs> well, everyone's available in Nashville. Casey, has this made up for yourself, myself, critters complaining during the season about no transaction has this day made yes. up for it yes i would say the last two weeks going back to the bo horvat deal like when horvat got flipped that was a significant trade yeah 
And, you know, like... Apologies to Jerry. Apologies to Gary. <laughs> Good one. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to fly, Johnny. Um, good beeping, man. That that beep and that ride of yours, you and CJ, it's a thing of beauty, and we appreciate Listen, it. I got here safe, and then that was most important, Hayes. That is what is most important. Thank no, you, MJ. Man. No, it isn't. It's, no, it's not. <laughs> Just like Wild Thing with the glasses, and the guy looked Bless at him it. and said, being oh. able to see is not that important. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's in, you know what it's like. I got a new car. I, I got a new car flying around. Cause my, uh, you know, I don't know how to use it still. That's true, yeah. man. You yeah. know, one day maybe I'll get a new car because I drive yeah. the worst car in Canada, <laughs> and I like it. You know why? Because you don't have to fill up the tank for four weeks, and no one steals it. Right. I left the keys in it the other day, and it was still there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Maybe that's a part of the problem, but you're right. If it's there in the morning, that's... What you're really looking Worst for. Worst car in North America, but you know what? Once a month I get gas, and no one wants to take it. And you we know what it. else we're getting, Jeff and Mike? We're getting rings. Oh, here yes. we go. Do you think so? Yes. Yes. You think yes. 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 Oh, man, there's only, a lot of buzz. Only one of us is on the Toronto Maple Leaf alumni board. So Ooh. I maybe can make some of these, grease some of these wheels. I think that is something that needs to happen. What are the I'll chances? I'll make my own. I'll make my own. Yeah, I got a I got a replica Raptor ring that counts. Oh, it's like when you graduate from high school, you go to that like cheesy ring company and design your graduation <laughs> ring from high school. We will do the same for the Leafs rings, and we will have a ceremony to end all ceremonies. It would be beautiful. As well, you you're should. talking to three bozos that didn't graduate from high school, first of all. But I will make my own. Uh, I, did you? I graduated from high school. I graduated, yes, of course, so but I. I'm not an alumni. I couldn't, you know, <laughs> skate through the NHL to get a real job. But I'll tell you what, the alumni box. That's going to be like hot commodity. Impossible to get Studio into the alumni 54. box. Studio Fifty Four. Studio Fifty Four <laughs> in 1975. Yeah. That's what the alumni yeah. box will be. Yeah. All right, Johnny. Good stuff, pal. We'll do it again soon. <laughs> All right, boys. Have a good day. There's Mike Johnson, our TSN hockey analyst, joining us here on the Maple Toyota Hotline. Build your next dream Toyota at Maple Toyota, and check out Maple Toyota's pre-owned inventory arriving daily. It's time to Toyota. Visit <laughs> MapleToyota.com. Guys, I'm super excited. Like, how are you not excited about this? The players must be so jacked up. Oh yeah. Must be tough to see some friends go out the door, but just I got the text chains going too, Frankie. Yeah. Like Buddy, people it's are crazy. excited. It's like also be. how about here's one for you. Don't you find it kind of ironic how Kyle Dubas has the reputation of being like he goes for the softer, skilled, speedy kind of players, but he traded Pierre Engvall to the New York Islanders where Lou Mm-hmm. Is the general manager? Is that not ironic for anyone? What goes around comes around. There's sweet Lou willing to answer the call right? and bring like, in Pierre Engvall. Engvall. Lou is bringing in Pierre Engvall. Listen, th- th- I think that's a sign. Engvall can help you in the regular season. The Islanders just want to get in. They don't think they're winning the Stanley Cup. They just want to get in. The Leafs know they're getting in. They want to change their identity yeah, in the playoffs. For sure. I just and that's why that makes sense. No, whole, I agree with you. The whole philosophy. I agree with you. And and listen, my dad's been saying this for weeks that he he looks at what Dubas is doing it and comparing it to what Anthopolis did in fifteen. You you believed in your team, you believed in your core, and you went out there and you got crazy. And you and you you added significant pieces and again, different sports, different situations. But and Anthopolis also followed that up with, I believed in the numbers for a long time, mm-hmm. but until I saw the value of Josh Donaldson and Tulowitzki being in that clubhouse, 
and maybe people have different opinions if you're up close to the situation, but he said you can't put enough value into that. He's, you're Cannot. absolutely right. He said that on our show. We, we, we interviewed him, and he, he realized you got to have intangibles. you got to have gamers. you, you got to have a, a bit of a different much. vibe. Would you say that you, you have sniffed to have that out from him? Yeah, I think it was a Larry King type of uh, interview was, Yeah, you process. sniffed that right out of him. Uh, uh, precisely what happened. Um, all right, there's a lot going on today. A lot. It sounds like Ekholm is, is pushing towards Edmonton. That that could be confirmed any second you now. You are in the haze desk, man. You have got it. trade command right now. Blow out all the guests, and this is now... Hey. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Was that CJ Sagra? That was CJ. I was in the middle of something great, and now I forget what it was. You were just going to pump our tires collectively. The three of us were rocking right now. It's a great show. The vibe is unbelievable. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. We just got to keep it cooking, all right? Because I think more deals are going to happen. Let's take this show. Let's set up shop in the alumni box tomorrow and do the show from the alumni box. I should. They are on the road, but. That's a good question. Can we get into the alumni box? Like, there could be a concert down there. I don't know. I don't know. We'll get some penne pesto down there oh. and some spring rolls. We'll about- get Tyler to, to man the ship, and yes. he can be on the show. We're doing the show from the alumni Dude, box tomorrow. The, the underrated, you never mentioned this before with the alumni box, but at the start of the third period, when they bring those cookies... Are you kidding me? Those I are can't, yeah, unbelievable. I can't, I don't eat that There's I a three-pack oh three of cookies. Auto three-pack. And... It's to see those disappear. They're gone by the time the puck drops. Oh yeah, like half people a are sheet. into them. Oh, dude, I'm Very not sure they commodity. get through the door before people <laughs> are just <laughs> that saran a, wrap comes off and beat. they are gone. Yes, they are. They're they're phenomenal cookies. I think people that go into the for the popcorn, they've gone too far. They stuff their faces with the chicken strips, and then they do the cheese and meat platter, and then they go in for the cookies. And you're telling me in the third period you need the popcorn? That's enough. I agree with you. Have some self-respect. Come on. Let's go here. All right. We're regrouping. Tom Fergus, I'm talking about you, you pig. All right. There you go. Shout out. Fergie. Fergie. Shout out to Fergie. (laughs) The real one. (laughs) The real Fergie. All right. Overdrive continues. TSN 1050 and on TSN 4. All right, we have a pair of tickets giveaway Leafs Avalanche, March 15th. Every day this week, we will provide the clue to the identity of a current or ex-Maple Leaf player. And on Friday, you'll have a chance to call in and name that Leaf. Today's clue, the second of the week, this former Maple Leaf is a one-time Stanley Cup winner. One-time Stanley Cup winner. And that's uh, tickets against the current Cup champs who are rocking. They beat Vegas 3-0 last night. And now, like, if you're a Leaf fan because of what's been happening here, they're adding so many new pieces, and they've been playing really well anyway. Now it's a it's litmus test, right? You got Edmonton tomorrow night. McDavid hit 50 last night. We'll get to that. You got Calgary the next night. You got Vancouver. Um, you got Colorado coming up. You got Jersey coming up. But... Here's the mentality. You got Edmonton. Like, you're going to be up for that game because of McDavid, but you see Calgary and Vancouver up ahead. You gotta like you gotta step on their throats. Mm-hmm. Like you really have to just kind of assert yourself as a team here and kind of set the tone early on with all these bodies coming in. I, like not necessarily tiptoeing around it, but just say like I'm actually more curious about the Edmonton performance, to be honest with you. Obviously, Calgary and the way they're playing and Vancouver are winnable games, but I, I just want to see how they stack up against McJesus, the way he's playing. Bunch of new pieces. Can they kind of settle in right away? 
that's the game for me. Yeah. Well, and I, I think you almost need to brace for them possibly hitting a speed bump early, like trying to bring in all these pieces, because I'm assuming Luke Shen arrives in time for the game tomorrow. I don't know if he'll play, but I think he'll likely he, be there. He's also going to have to leave pretty soon because his wife's like due. I think his wife is due on Friday, I'm pretty sure. Okay, so maybe I wonder if they say, hey, go take care of business, catch us back in Toronto. Something like that. Who knows? But McCabe and Lafferty will debut tomorrow night. Mm -hmm. They are going to play. And as of you know, practice an hour ago, McCabe was paired with Brody, and Lafferty was on the fourth line with Achari and Kerfoot. Now, a lot of things have happened this afternoon. Rosmus Sandin was traded. Sandin's on his way to Washington. The Leafs got Eric Gustafson, a left-shot defenseman who's putting up good points, and Boston's first-round pick, which, yes, probably not the greatest pick, but still a first-round pick. And then Pierre Engvall goes to the Islanders for a third-round pick. A third-rounder goes to Vancouver for Luke Shen. So to put this into perspective, Cap Friendly tweeted this out in the last hour. Since February 17th, this is who the Leafs have brought in. Ryan O'Reilly, Noel Achari, Jake McCabe, Sam Lafferty, Eric Gustafson, Luke Shen. On the way out in terms of roster players, Sandine, Joey Anderson, Pierre Engvall. Like that alone, you can look at all the picks, and the picks are up here on the screen too. I'll, I'll mention those in a moment. And there's a lot of them coming and going. More going than coming. But that's impact, 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 depth, toughness, veteran, savvy, for That's guys, no joke, man. That's yeah, big like, time moves. It is, and I don't. Th- I'm not sure Sandine was playing. I know Jan- Joey Anderson was not, and I'm. I think this move for Engvall moving out means they didn't want him in the lineup come playoff well, time. And, yeah, that's, and you know, you know what it is with that's with, significant with some of the players too. It's like some of those guys are doubling up on things that other guys do as well. Absolutely, and and Joe from the Bridge has posted up on on TV what has gone out since February 17th in terms of picks. The Leafs have traded their. 2023 first rounder, their 2025 first rounder, their 23 third rounder, a 23 third rounder courtesy of Ottawa that they got in the Murray deal, a 24 second rounder, a 26 second rounder, and a 2025 fourth rounder. That's a ton of picks. Now, what they brought in is Boston's first round pick in 23, the Islanders' third round pick in 24, Chicago's fifth round pick in both the 24 and 25 drafts. So they're they're down a first round pick and down a couple of second round picks. Like they they've been moving picks around. You talked about a lot it. of movement by Kyle Dubas. You talked about it coming into the studio here. You were sniffing around that that Boston first round pick isn't going to hang out here too long. It's still in their possession as it currently stands. But For now, now that like that's worth something. A first round pick is worth something. Well, think about if you're a team like Anaheim or one of these teams that's just completely rebuilding, and you have a couple in the first already. Don't you think? Yeah, I'll take a thirty second overall pick. I'm sure. rebuilding. I want more volume to try and see if I can well, hit something. At what here. point? I mean, you guys tell me. At what point do you risk? Because Dubas did reference it yesterday that you don't want to bring in too many players to really. M- mix with everything you have. He referenced it yesterday. Look what happened today. Exactly. So how much further can he go before some of the stayover players look around and say, this is crazy? I think you're looking at one more thing, and that's you've had a talk with Matt Murray, and he just, I don't know if he can play or not, and you're looking at that position. There's nothing left. Dude, he's going like he's going mafia boss godfather, and he's just saying, like, sorry, I have to. 
Like that's what Dubis is doing right now. No, I understand. And again, their their high end players are still in place. They're guys who play the most minutes. The guys who put up a lot of uh, the production are still here. They they were not going to be affected. No. Um, but this is a lot of depth that you've added. Like we talked about this for months. I can recall Noodles hammering home at this. Like they need more depth. Because you look at Tampa and what they bring. You look at Boston and what they bring. Mm-hmm. And now the Leafs, I, I think, can puff their chest out. They still got to win. But the Leafs have done a lot in terms of bringing depth, in terms of bringing ingredients. Sheldon Keefe just said that they brought in competitive players. There's intangibles in, in yeah. play here. I was, so all you nerds that have been DMing me, yelling at me, sending me messages, what the hell do you think the organization just did? Yes. I'll I'll give you a good example here. I'll, remember, there was one night Tampa was playing <laughs> Calgary, and it was right. like Tampa was playing. They were taking penalties like crazy. It was kind of stupid. It was, there were some undisciplined things happening, and I texted you. I go, are you watching this game? Like, what's Tampa doing? And you text me back. You remember what you said? No. You said all they care about is winning. And That's they were right. down 3 nothing, and they ended up winning 6-3. And it was a gong show of a game. But the more you watch Tampa... They do that like every night. Yeah. It doesn't even matter who they're playing. And they play Frank, Calgary people, twice a all year. All these goons that are sending me the messages over the last couple of years, they think that I'm talking about Bob Probert, Marty McSorley hockey. And all I've been talking about, what's the key word that's come up in the last 48 hours? Com- competition, Thank competitiveness. You. That's it. That's all it's about. And if you don't have it, you don't have a shot. Well, that's the only message I've been trying to preach. For the last five years, yes, competition, competitiveness, and it doesn't have to be fighting. I never fought, but when I played hockey, I was competitive in my prime. Let's I just, never fought. Let's get this out there since you just said it. I never fought in the NHL. I got jumped once in the AHL. So I'm not fighting. Like I'm not a fighter guy, but I agree with you. It's just like if you're going to go into a battle... And you're going to lose some battles, but maybe you prolong it a little bit longer. You just take a little extra out of the guy, you know? Like that's kind of like the messaging as far as being competitive. You don't Frankie, go it's down as simple that as, easy. Like everybody likes winning. Like it's kind of everybody likes it. It's impossible not, not not to like winning, but to hate losing is like a like our key word of the day is a vibe. Like hating losing, it's a different vibe than enjoying winning. I'm telling you. Yeah. Like you gotta hate it. And it gets I ugly, with, eh? Yeah. I played with two players, three players. Shani, the president of the team, Kevin Deneen and Gary Roberts, and they could not stand losing. Couldn't stand it. Like it really bothered them. That's what drove them to to play good, to be better, to be competitors. Yeah, I know and we it's, got. It's a big well, difference, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm curious about, and I don't know if we'll ever get this answer. When these decisions were made, and and what I mean by that is, because these de- you got to wait for them to happen, and it happens closer to the deadline, and you need the other teams to be involved in order to offer up these type of players, like St. Louis crapping out, like Vancouver not being very good, et cetera, like Chicago not being very good. But they came out quickly after losing in Game 7 last year. And they effectively said, we're running it back. And I wonder, though, even at that point, they knew. We're running it back with the big boys. But we are not running it back with the same type of size and depth. Like, we will find a way to acquire who we have to acquire. And ultimately, that's, that's clearly what they've done here. They've changed up the vibe of the team. Um, more on this. Noodles is going to join us. We've got to get Noodles in. He's calling the Ottawa-Detroit game again tonight. 
So we'll catch up with Jamie in about 15 minutes. Confirm or deny still to come. Ryan Rashad confirming. Actually, I'll come back with that confirmation. I learned my lesson earlier about teasing another deal that is in the works, and it sounds as if it is locked in. This one in Edmonton. We'll tell you about that next. All right, there's a lot going on in the NHL today. The Leafs have been very active. We'll continue to touch on that, but the Leafs are in Edmonton tomorrow night. Jake McCabe will make his debut. Sam Lafferty will make his debut. We believe Luke Shen probably shows up and plays. We're not certain of that, but Luke Shen is a Leaf, if you're just tuning in. And Matthias Ekholm is now an Edmonton Oiler. So mm-hmm. Ekholm, who's got term, has been a really steady presence in Nashville for a long time. That's all he's known is Nashville. He goes to Edmonton for a first-round pick in 2023, Tyson Berry, Reed Schaefer, and a fourth in 2024. That's not the best work Kenny did. Kenny got someone to take Pooley-Arvey. Yeah, that's right. That's right. His full ticket, all $3 goes to Carolina. Yeah, He needed to do that. He needed Pooley-Arvey off the books Mm -hmm. in order to make some kind of trade, which they desperately needed on the back end. And I'll be honest with you, quite frankly, Jeff and Brian, the Oilers need to make another move on the back end if they want to be serious about winning. Don't well, disagree. But I will say one thing about Pooley-Arvey. It's a shot in the dark to be reunited with Ajo. The World Juniors, they were on fire, and you never know if that kind of chemistry could come back alive. It's a long shot, but who knows? I actually think it's asinine, but it's a long shot. Isn't it interesting that that whole line, it was the Pooley-Arvey and Line show, Right. And Ajo was the other guy. He was. He was, he the, was the other, other guy. guy. Yep. He was the third tenor. He's such a star. And stud. right now, he's 35 times better. Than both of them. Absolutely. I'm not, like, Pooley Arvey may not be in the league in a year. He very well could yeah, be out. He right. could be back in Finland playing. Yep. If the Carolina Hurricanes nab a serious centerman, somewhat serious of a centerman, they're cooking. They're in business. Well, join the party. Like, whenever you want to join us, go ahead. The Leafs, Tampa, Boston, yep. Rangers, Devils, they've all made moves. Everyone's waiting for Carolina. All right, final hour coming up. Noodles will join us. We'll get his take on these moves by the Leafs. Ekholm on his way to Edmonton. Leafs in Edmonton tomorrow night. Confirm or deny still to come as well. Overdrive continues. TSN 1050 soon to be up on TSN 2.